welcome to AIJ Cast, a podcast featuring conversations and performances at the intersection of art, inspiration, and justice. I'm your host, Marthane Sanders. On this episode, part one of our conversation with John Hines. John is a pastor, entrepreneur, and is the co-founder of Centerform. A note about our conversation, John and I spoke in early March as the realities of COVID-19 were really sinking in here in Atlanta as schools and businesses began to close. We ended up speaking about the coronavirus quite a bit, but do keep in mind that this was before the broader impact was widely known. John and I got a chance to speak at Centerform. John Hines, welcome to AIJCast. Thank you. Welcome to Centerform, Martha. Thank you. It's good to be back here. Tell us about Centerform. What is Centerform? What does it do? That's a great question. Centerform is a place to experiment and to gather and to share ideas to imagine what the church could be, what faith means in a world that's really complicated, Mm -hmm. and uh, what our unique roles as individuals is in living out a a sense of vocation in the world. And there's a multitude of services that you all provide uh, to manifest that. So let's kind of talk through those a little bit. Um, So yeah, just uh, little things like having a co-working space where people can work out of during the week and uh, be able to pursue their their work and their vocations. Uh, we also have an art gallery mm-hmm. uh, and we have had 12 installations now of artists over the past five years. So just, uh, you know, creating art that can inspire us to conversation, mm. um, not just uh, about faith, but about what it means to be human mm. uh, in a in a very complex world. Yeah, yeah. What what led to the founding of Centerform? Frustration. <laughs> uh, you know, and not uh, not really finding a space uh, personally. My wife Catherine and I founded uh, Centerform together, and we have been sort of partners in not just in life but in work uh, yeah. since the time we met. Yeah. And, uh, and we've always been creating new things, uh, both individually and together and, and finding that that's really difficult in the context of, uh, faith communities, particularly Hmm. tradition faith communities where, um, where innovation is often seen as a threat Hmm. or misunderstood Hmm. or where I think faith and religion serve as kind of conserving, mechanisms and culture to Mm. preserve uh, traditions and culture more than uh, promote innovation and promote new things. So Mm. we just saw both a need for a space to be able to imagine freely, be able to try things out and experiment uh, without the pressure to either conform to what already exists or to make something useful. Sometimes, you know, Mm. innovation you, you got to find the the usefulness um, as you go, yeah. And uh, and it, and it's not something that that just uh, it, it it sometimes innovation comes out of necessity, and sometimes innovation comes out of inspiration. I, I was thinking about that today in the context of I, the phrase that I often hear is technology is a tool, and never heard a good rebuttal of that until a few years ago. Um, and was thinking about that today, like. The fact, so I have one of those little um, doodads in my car from my insurance company to make me be a better driver, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a gamification of driving, right? So it it mar- marks your driving. The only way that that came about was because of the 
omnipresence of cellular technology and GPS systems. There, that could not have existed before the invention of the smartphone. Mm-hmm. That and maybe this maybe this is off base, but it, it seems to me that idea that innovation needs to lead to utility. We may not recognize what that utility is until we in, do the innovation. Is that kind of parallel to what we're talking about? Yeah, I think I think innovation uh, is sort of like you know I've heard the metaphor of like a rainforest where mm. there's a lot of things need to just be be created and to grow and to die yeah. before something really sticks. And so there's this deep uh, sort of rich soil that's fueled by dead you know, technologies and innovations before things can really take root and grow and new things can, can come about. But yeah, I I think just, you think about the iPhone and what that has opened up for our imagination. Yeah. Um, and so many new technologies have come out of, um, our ability to connect through a device we can hold in our hands. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's really true. I think unfortunately for those of us in the, in the faith community world, um, that innovation is seen either as a um, as a novelty, right? So it's more right. sort of the form of like, oh, this is a new thing. This we all the, have to do it. This is the pet rock of the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, or you know, innovation is um, seen as something to fix um, the the holes where the water is coming in to mm. keep the ship from sinking. It's the technical versus adaptive kind of notion that, yeah. we, that we often talk about in these circles. Yeah. yeah. So, so we're kind of, you know, how do we, how do we get young people back into right. our right. church service? How do we, you know, how, how do we um, fix the budgets that are, you know, how do we maybe even use our spaces to generate revenue so we can keep doing what we've always been doing. Right. Right. Um, but, you know, I'm mostly more interested in, the disruptive innovation. Mm. Um, like how can we really take the opportunities we have and create the spaces to reimagine what faith community can mean mm. in the 21st century? Uh, you know, looking at the technologies that we do have sure. and the opportunities that we do have, because we, we can connect with people like we are right now yeah. through a podcast yeah. that we weren't able to 20 years ago, 30 right. years ago, 40 years ago. Yeah. We're able to, to, um, to connect and interact and to share ideas at a speed that we never have in, in human history. And right. What does that mean? How right. do we use those for good? How do we use that technology? How do we use those ideas to help us be more human? Yeah. And we're having this conversation at a really interesting, for lack of a better word, point in history where we are in the relatively early days of what very likely could be a pandemic outbreak of COVID-19, right? So human one-on-one interaction, which is part of our just, you know, very like inner soul is imprinted on us evolutionarily is becoming a thing of potential danger. Mm-hmm. And so these technologies exist for schools together, for communities of faith together, uh, for conversations to happen in ways that couldn't have happened 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. And to be the church. And I, I see yeah. this as a transformative moment for the church. And, mm. you know, it's, it's, weird having this conversation today right and thinking that this will be heard by other people maybe a month from now right and who knows what that could look like because i couldn't have imagined the world would look like it does today we we could be i do know i was on a phone call yesterday with a group of clergy who are trying to figure out what to do yeah they can if churches can no longer meet in in church services sunday morning church services which has been really the, the defining 
sort of feature of Western Christianity. Oh yeah, for, for uh, since Pentecost. Goodness, I mean, it's yeah. the whole. It's not just <laughs> yeah. Western Christianity. Yeah, yeah, like getting together. Like mm-hmm. we, we gather together. You know, we don't cease to gather together. Or whatever, but and maybe we have to cease. But the really unique thing is here we are faced with this crisis that is going to force us to no longer be able to gather in person. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. who knows? But. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we now have the technology and, and uh, ability to gather together in ways that we would have never been able to even 10 years ago. Right, right. Uh, and um, my hope is that this is a really transformative moment um, for humanity. Mm. And this is an opportunity for us to see um, what we can do and not to use these uh, technologies as a as a crutch, yeah. but as a, as a way to help us be more human. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think you can see that, um, you know, the way that social media has, has been, um, apocalyptic. Yeah. In the sense of, of the word apocalypse, meaning this revealing that opening, yeah, opening up and revealing the nature of the world to us yeah. and black lives matter me too. You know, all of these things came out of our ability to actually see the world from somebody else's perspective, right. who we would not have been able to if it wasn't for the power of our modern technology. Right. Because of the siloing nature of humanity. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, and so now we have an opportunity to connect and we have a, we have a common virus, common right. enemy and, uh, that is invading all of us yeah. as, as humanity. And we're all in the same boat. We're all on, you know, spaceship Earth here together. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to figure our way out. I love well, and I love the language that y'all use here about disruption because it's because disruption has several ways of of manifesting itself. There are disruptions that are unexpected, like what we're facing right now. Right, mm-hmm. this is a disruption. COVID nineteen is a disruption of the normal, but disruption can also be intentional and planned. Maybe not in its outcome, but in its disruption of the norm. Is that part of what you see? things like Centerform being able to do? I think what at the heart of it, what we want to do at Centerform is care for people, Mm. to make space for people and care for them as they try to create and imagine Mm. and develop and and do things that haven't been done before. Mm. Uh, And so really it's the heart and soul of Centerform is a community to care for for innovators Mm. and Mm. entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, because that's not an easy process. Um, no, it can be I mean, very lonely. Yeah. It's lonely. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's difficult. Like, you know, we mentioned sort of the mulch of failure that sort of gives <laughs> the, the manure of failure that sort of gives nourishment yeah. to new things. Yeah. And, um, it, you know, failure is hard. Yeah. Uh, it might be necessary, uh, especially when we're trying to create something new, but right. it's, it's hard and it's emotional and, you know, and I think helping people to sort of be cared for so we can fail boldly, Mm -hmm. Uh, we can go forth and we can, we can try things because they just need to be tried. Mm. uh, Even when uh, it's likely that they won't work. John Hines on AIJCast. We'll be back to more of our conversation in just a moment, but first a quick word. As always, we invite you to visit our website, AIJCast.com where you can find more information about our artists and our guests. Do keep in mind that many of our artists have had to cancel their events due to the impact of COVID-19. Quite a few of them are taking advantage of platforms like Facebook and Instagram to hold live performances. 
And of course, many churches have moved their community worship to online ministry. We will try and do our best to keep our calendar up to date with some of these events. For others, of course, we suggest you check with local conditions to see whether or not the event is happening. The 1001 New Worshiping Communities of the Presbyterian Church USA did give me a chance to present a workshop on resources for online ministry. We have a link to that on our website as well. You can listen to the audio of that conference call. And I do want to give a big shout out to our friend Terrence Lester over at Love Beyond Walls. Terrence has had a team of folks installing portable washing stations throughout Atlanta for those folks who are experiencing homelessness so that they can keep their hands clean in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic. If you want to support Love Beyond Walls through this work, you can find out more at their website, lovebeyondwalls.org. And of course, you can find out more information on our website, AIJCast.com. And now, back to more of our conversation with John Hines. I love that you've used, that you've tapped into this this kind of organic metaphor of, of mulch and dying and rebirth. That, that, And I wonder if that's something that you as part of a bigger movement and also here at center form are tapping into is part of my frustration with the language of innovation is that it's often talked about in inorganic terms as opposed to metaphors of rainforests and death and decay and um, soil and energy. And I don't know, is that, is that something that you, you think about or talk about here? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think innovation because for the, the path for specifically for Americans, yeah. innovation is seen as an issue of high tech right. products yeah. and software. Yeah. Things that most of us don't understand how they really work. We may <laughs> use them every day, but yeah. like, you know, it's it's people with, you know, coming out of MIT and Stanford and, you know, everything is um involves technology that the average person is unable to really understand. Right. Uh, and I think to recognize that innovation is is what we human beings do. It's really mm. one of the things that makes humans distinct from other species. Mm. And I think when when we look at it from a theological perspective, uh, we see this. We can and, do that. That's fine. we can. Okay, yeah. is that okay. <laughs> you know, we we see innovation as um, part of what God created us as as human beings. Mm. The people that are sort of tilling the earth. We're taking what is around us. And we're making new things grow out of it and making new things that, that weren't before. And we do this all the time. We've taken every aspect that, of, of creation that we've put our hands into and we've been co-creators. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've created new things. We've made new things happen. Mm. And it's just part of what is both beautiful about humanity and also broken. Yeah, um, because, sure. Because uh, we don't always use those new things for good. No, yeah. Uh, and and that's really sort of a moral question. Uh, what what do we do with this power? But we can use innovation for, for good or for sure, ill. Sure, sure. Um, you know, we can use AI for good or for ill. It can yeah. either serve humanity or we can serve it. Yeah. You know, we can use our... Um, computers and iPhones for good or for ill. Mm-hmm. We can use our economy for good or for ill. Mm-hmm. It can either serve human beings or it can serve or we can serve it. Yeah. And I think those are the questions that, um, that we're interested in yeah. fostering here on a, on a individual level, but yeah. also on, on sort of a s- systemic and social level. I, I love that you turn the conversation to theology because clearly this is a deeply theological piece for you. This is deeply spiritual a conversation. Um, 
so if that's the case, what is the struggle within our church frameworks that do, that that either doesn't allow for innovation or even actively smothers it? Part of it's good. Okay. You know, I see the church as, um, as, and I hate to use this metaphor, but sort of a, a, a raft that is floating through history mm. uh, and collecting stuff and mm-hmm. people, right? And, you know, maybe use the term a life raft. I don't know, but, but we've... <laughs> maybe the, an arc. An arc, you know, <laughs> maybe an arc. Uh, but we've, we've collected things and things of value. Yeah. And we've said, no, this is important. We're going to keep this in the boat. And we've kept beautiful music art for centuries and millennia. Mm -hmm. You know, we've, we've, we've brought in, um, wonderful things that we've preserved in culture. And I think that's where the church has had a conserving entity. It's been a conserving entity in culture. And I think that's beautiful. I think that that also, um, can be problematic Mm -hmm. because we can, We've talked about this in the hatch, the yeah. form function meaning where, you know, I'm sure you talk about this in art and design that, you know, everything in, in culture has, has a form that we can, we can touch and we can objectively see and observe has a function in the way that it operates within our daily lives and a meaning that's that deep subjective or intersubjective way that we relate to it as a human being. Hmm. And so I think we, we end up losing the the meaning or we attach meaning to form and we don't know how that connects. Mm. And so we, we end up sort of being attached to forms that no longer sort of serve to function, to support the things that they need to function, Mm. to support humanity, to support, um, community, to, to support life and fruitfulness. Uh, and instead we, we hold on to these forms that no longer serve us and we end up serving them. Uh, and, and so I, what, what I see as the importance of innovation within the church is an, is an opportunity for us to really dig in and say, what's valuable here? If this mm. is a arc floating through history, you know, what is valuable and why yeah. and, and how do we hold on to it? And, and, and then what, what things do we have lost their connection to a functionality or to a meaning that really serves humanity mm. and have, we've lost that and it's time to rediscover new forms that yeah. can carry those meanings and, and function yeah. in a way that can help support, um, support us in, in this time. I, I'm going to push that arc metaphor even further, I think, cause I think there's richness in it. This notion of, of the, if the purpose of the arc is the, preservation or even thriving of the human being right as well as this notion of and not to get we're not going to get bogged down in conversations about sexuality but this notion of of pairings on the arc of the animals it's about procreating it's about creating there's a there's a creative influence and urge that needs to be part of what we're doing as this arc floating through history i mean and to take that metaphor do it a step further yeah and i think you know i think biblically this is pretty clear with the arc of the sort of biblical narrative like this is the church is about sort of the seed of the future of yeah. not just humanity, but yeah. of creation of creation. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, we have an opportunity to, uh, to put in that arc, those things that are most valuable to us yeah. and to nourish those things and to create, uh, along with God, a future that is, uh, that is flourishing for everything and mm. everyone. Mm. 
Uh, and I think um, we're here in center form in this moment where the stock market is crashing yeah. again for the second, third time yeah, in, yeah. in, uh, in, in uh, as many weeks. And, you know, these economic cycles that we go through uh, that are just mystifying to yeah, most of us. Sure, and we're course. just like, what, what's happening and, and why? Uh, you know, this is a, an opportunity, I think, you know, because when it all comes crashing down, we have an opportunity to reflect and to build something new. Mm. And uh, we've uh, been very fascinated here at Center Forum, and Catherine and I have been uh, very fascinated over the years in the impact movement, social impact movement mm. that is looking at how do we invest in businesses and build an economy that is um, that is built around the flourishing of humanity and yeah. creation. Yeah. And, you know, we, we have an opportunity now uh, over the next few years to really invest in that. Yeah. To really build that. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the, the kind of work that I see uh, center for being a part of this larger ecosystem. Sure. How do we not only, you know, build things that are going to serve human beings and protect the environment, but how can we also build and create things that can bring meaning? Hmm. Because, uh, you know, religion has been, we often refer to as the meaning sector. Right, right. Religion, meaning making, yeah. Art. Um, sure. You know, you, you can look at education in some ways as that. But, the, but these, this sector of our human society that really concentrates on what the heck are we here for? Yeah. What does this mean? Yeah. Why, why are we... Why are we here? What are we aiming toward? Uh, what is our purpose uh, right. as individuals and as a culture, as a community, as a world? And and this is an opportunity for us to create um, new entities, new businesses, new startups in the meaning sector right. that can do what religion has done. You, again, sort of the function of religion and part of what we're seeing in the decline of the church is the fact that maybe the church isn't functioning the way... Um, it should anymore. Mm. We're kind of holding on to the form, these medieval forms and whatnot of, of, of church that should serve a particular purpose. Yeah. Um, in part, we've forgotten what the purpose is. And right. in part, we've held on to forms that aren't, are no longer doing what they're designed to do. Yeah. Yeah. John Hines on AIJCast. You can find out more about Centerform at their website, centerform.org. On our next episode part two of our conversation with John Hines. AIJ has is made possible through the support of listeners like you. This work is only possible because of your contribution. So if you're looking for something to do while practicing social distancing, we invite you to take a moment at our website, AIJCast.com, and click on the link that says support. And we'd love to interact with you on social media. We are there on a number of platforms where our handle is AIJCast. Our theme song is written and recorded by the band Marred Fame. Photography support comes from Ely at eleyphoto.com. And we are engineered, mixed, and produced by that jolly green giant himself, Al Mudif. Al and I were reminiscing about old movies, and I asked him what his favorite recurring sight gag was in the Back to the Future franchise. The manure of failure. And I'm your host, Martham Sanders, encouraging you to stay put and create some beauty of your own. Peace.